theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like an old paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy a beer at McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? They get the metric system. Welcome to the Hookup on Film with Adam and Tony. I can. We are waiting. He should be joining us in one second. He's the one with the great intros. Okay. It should be any minute. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you I, for having me. Oh, no problem. There he is. Yo, what up, everyone? Hello. How are you doing? All right. We are going to begin, shall we? Yes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hookup on Film. My name is Adam. My Twitter handle is Millennial Socks. My co-host is Tony. His Twitter handle is Chelsea01. We have an amazing guest today, the great Sam. Sam, what's your Twitter handle? My, my Twitter handle is at SamR33V3S. I mean, your total handle does give out your last name, but normally we don't give out last names on these <laughs> podcasts. And I, I stopped myself right before I said it, but welcome aboard, Sam. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Besides doing the White Sox game, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. <laughs> we got a great show for everyone. We are going to discuss the careers of Tom Cruise and Leonardo DiCaprio independently we're going to talk about the best superhero film we're going to talk about the greatest cart tv cartoon ever we're going to talk about the best snl cast member post snl we're going to talk about can dumb comedies be secretly genius or are they just dumb comedies we're going to talk about the office and my understanding is sam you just finished watching the sopranos i'm i have not finished it i'm in season five okay well we're, uh, further we're further this, than uh, you because you only got through what season two you said i i honestly can't remember i gave up around two three four three four all right uh, ish and i've watched it all so we'll go through like the levels of what we've seen but first we're going to start off every single podcast with the movie debates uh tony you recently talked about uh you tweeted about jim carrey so we got an early jim carrey movie debate of Dumb and Dumber versus Liar Liar. Sam, which movie are you picking? Liar Liar. Ooh, that's a good that's that's good. What do you got? What do you got? Would you care to explain further or just Liar Liar? Um I've only seen Dumb and Dumber one time. Um long long time ago. I've seen, you know, clips of it on TV when it's on, you know, all the time. Um but Liar Liar is a movie I grew up with and have watched probably hundreds of times. And I just, I think it's fantastic. Awesome. I think that that's really awesome. Because generally, I would think, I would think, you know, mostly everyone goes dumb and dumber. 
but liar liar i mean it's got like you said it's loaded with laughs lots mm-hmm. of lots of laughs i remember i remember seeing that one in the movie theater i think i was you know i think it was like 13 or 12 but that's hilarious so i saw liar liar in the theater too and i'm five years younger than you well, and uh the opening scene where he's uh having sex with his boss <laughs> like uh kind of went over my head a little bit at the time um and like the the like where like i didn't like it took me like later watches to realize oh he was over at her place fucking her while he should have been at his kid's birthday party yeah (laughs) and like a lot of this like um when he first meets jennifer tilly's character uh she grabs his butt and again like the sexual stuff that happened in this movie completely went over my head are you taking liar liar uh okay so i like liar liar a lot but the reason i'm not taking liar liar is because this is like my old man dad take is carrie ewell's character who plays the um other dude more tyranny's boyfriend Got yes. such a bum rap in this movie <laughs> like jim carrey's character he's he's the jerk he cheated on her he's half the time he's not even around and here comes this nice dude he's um he's great with uh her kid he's great with her and she breaks up with him because she hit her elbow um like in an airplane uh as you know it's jim carrey though you know i mean you're tentatively going to in that movie gonna you know no matter what jim carrey does that's that's who you want to go with well, and if you recall, at the very end, when they, you know, the lights go out and they kiss, he even gets mad. He's like, Max, <laughs> you wish for your mom and I to get back together. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm just, so in these, like, in, um, I was thinking about this, like a movie like Old School, where Luke Wilson is uh, hitting on uh, Grey's Anatomy, I forgot her name, and her boyfriend at the time is, um, uh, who's the old host of The Daily Show? I forgot his name. Oh, Craig Kilborn? Yeah, Craig Kilborn. So she's dating Craig Kilborn in the movie. And, like, it's okay that he's going after her because Craig Kilborn is a jerk. He's, like, cheating on her. He's an a-hole. No, I know what you mean. But Carrie Yules' character in Liar Liar is such a good guy. (laughs) Well, I think they were paying back Carrie Yules because he wasn't a nice guy in Twister, maybe. That's kind of could have been it. I could be wrong. But he was a dreamboat in The Princess Bride. That's true. That is. He was a... He was more tyranny turned down one of the most romantic dudes ever filmed on screen (laughs) for jim carrey who was he he got criminals he put them on the street (laughs) i I like liar liar too i i think they're both like really really funny um but there's also something about dumb and dumber which as its name suggests is just so many stupid jokes that it just it kills me every time they're both good, though. They're both they're both really good. Yeah, they're both good in their own way. I mean, they are both really good. Um, I mean, Dumb and Dumber, I think, always tends to get more of a rap because more people talk about it. But then when we're sitting here talking about Liar Liar and we're bringing up some of these parts, they're just as funny as some of the ones in Dumb and Dumber. Um, so it makes you think, like, if Liar Liar came first before Dumb and Dumber, would it be more, would people pick, pick it more? You know, I don't know. Um, but I think I think they're both great. It's it's a tough one to pick. Um, I'll go liar liar. Just 
just because because I actually like Dumb and Dumber too. The second one, did you you like that one? You that's actually that's actually one that gets quoted in my house quite often for the nice. Bob, Bob, Bob Saget's blow up. <laughs> There's shit everywhere. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean that's the thing is is Jim Carrey. I mean in those early movies, I mean I, I like Ace Ventura a lot. Yeah. That's 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 one that I probably would go to the most. Um, I also like Cable Guy, but. You know, Jim Carrey, I mean, he doesn't really, you know, I mean, he's got a wide variety of, uh, uh, he's, he's pretty good. You know, but um, what do you think? All right. Well, I was going to try to like do a transition from like Jim Carrey to Tom Cruise. Well, they're have... kind of, like, the same guy. No, they're yeah, not. they're the same kind of actor. <laughs> like I can't, like they definitely didn't do a movie together. One is no. the biggest. Yeah, it's going to come to me in like two, it's going to come to me in like. He wasn't in Burt Wonderstone. You ever see Burt Wonder? No, he wasn't in that. No, no, they're not in anything together. No. But anyway, so <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, it's coming out this weekend. The trailer for Mission Impossible 7 just dropped. So we're going to talk about one Thomas Cruise. I mean, Tony, I, how much do you love Tom Cruise? I like Tom Cruise a lot. Um, Tom Cruise is one of those guys that doesn't really, he, uh, I, I hate to say he floats under the radar because he's a big action star, but I mean, everyone talks about everybody else and nobody ever really talks about Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise has got a lot of good movies. Um, he does have some bad movies, but, uh, I, I think he's got more better movies than bad movies. I mean, I think going back to the beginning, he's been in a lot of good stuff. Uh, what's your favorite movie of his, Adam? Uh, okay, here's what I want to say about Tom Cruise. So I looked at, I went through his entire IMDb page, yes. and I wrote down the most notable directors that Tom Cruise has worked with through the decades. Yes. So listen listen to this cast of of directors from the 80s, 90s, and 2020s. So in the 80s, he worked with, Curtis Hansen, Francis Ford Coppola, Ridley Scott, Tony Scott, Martin Scorsese, Barry Levinson, and Oliver Stone. Yes. In the 90s, and I'm not going to repeat directors like he worked with Tony Scott again in the 90s, but in the 90s, he worked with Ron Howard, Rob Reiner, Sidney Pollack, Brian De Palma, Cameron Crowe, and ended it with films from Stanley Kubrick and Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. And then in the 2020s, he worked with John Woo, Steven Spielberg twice, Michael Mann, J.J. Abrams, Robert Redford, and Ben Stiller. Uh, I mean, you can quibble with some of those directors, but that's an incredible list of direct. Like, I don't has any actor in Hollywood worked with as many awesome directors as Tom Cruise has, mm-hmm. and in turn, that's he's made some of like the best movies of all time, both like silly or maybe not silly, but less than prestigious movies like Top Gun and Cocktail, which are still immensely enjoyable today. He's made awesome action movies like the Mission Impossible movies. And then he's made some like all time, just incredible movies like Rain Man and, uh, you know, a few good men. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, 
so like I bring that up to like this is so these are the films that Tom Cruise has made since 2010. Mm-hmm. And I like a lot of these movies too, but I just think that these movies, most of them aren't even close to the level of the movies that he made in the prior three decades. So these are the movies he made since 2010. Uh, Night and Day, Mission Impossible 4, yep. Rock of Ages, Jack Reacher, Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible 5, Jack Reacher 2, The Mummy, American Made, Mission Impossible 6, and then soon Top Gun Maverick will come out. I mean, I like I mean, I think some of those movies are really good, and I think some of those movies are really bad. I like so, like Edge of Tomorrow, for example, is a movie that I absolutely love. Yeah, that's a great. But movie. it's just so frustrating that basically Tom Cruise was like working with all these interesting directors and making so many interesting movies, or even if like something like Magnolia, which doesn't fully work, he gives such an incredible performance in it, and I think that's an ambitious movie in general. That may be, you know, shot too far, but he stopped taking risks basically over the past, um, you know, 10, 15 years. The mummy wasn't a risk. I'm just <laughs> I mean, it, it was a risk and it's a risk that failed miserably. No, that was a bad risk. And, but, you know, like some of these directors, even in 2010s, like um, James Mangold is like a really good director. Yeah. Doug Limus is a really good Lyman. Yeah is like a really good director, but I just, I get so frustrated with Tom Cruise is that like, and I'm sure Top Gun Maverick will be great by all accounts. It's great. Like I love, like I really enjoy these Mission Impossible movies. I don't know what the plot of them are, but if they're going to jump out of a, a plane and like film it, they're pretty good. I mean, it's sign me up. There was one of those Mission Impossible movies, like Tom Cruise literally held his breath for like 10 minutes and it was an incredible scene. And he's gonna friggin' die making one of these movies, but you know they're they're really fun and enjoyable. But do you mean like they're not a few good men? No. They're not Rain Man. But he's also not that same. You know, it's like a, an aging pitcher. He's not that same guy anymore. So he's just trying to go out there and get it. And that's why the Mission Impossible's work for him because. But if you look back at the decade before, he's got some movies that are are forgettable to also they're just you know i mean he's made so many good movies that's in the beginning there wasn't any bad movies they were all right so like it and it definitely waned in the 2020s definitely from like his run in the 90s but even with something that doesn't work like lions for lambs he still is like let me work with oscar-winning robert redford true Um, right now (laughs) what do you think of what do you think of tom cruise sam do you like tom I mean, I don't. I'm. I like Tom Cruise. You know, I think he's fine. I haven't really seen much of his stuff lately, but you know, I've seen all the Mission Impossibles. Um, my favorite Tom Cruise role is Tropic Thunder. Yes, I knew you were going to go there. That's a absolute, great <laughs> that, absolute dynamite. And, and that's a role he took some chances. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, when I first saw it in theaters, I was like, "That's not. Oh, that's God. not Tom Cruise. You've no. got to be kidding me." No, he's. he's you like Tropic Thunder? Oh, I love Tropic Thunder. It's great. Oh, yeah. great. But, like, that's one of the things, like, with Tom Cruise is that, like, he's, like, Tropic Thunder is great, and Tom Cruise's, like, three scenes in Tropic Thunder is absolutely incredible. I wish he took more risks like that, though. Like, Tom Cruise was legitimately funny 
in that movie. There's a there there's an untitled Les Grossman project <laughs> that oh, he's supposed to be doing. That would be nice. <laughs> of just like a movie of just him doing that role. <laughs> I just and got him in. I just got him in that whole office right now doing his move like a yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I, I think my favorite Mission Impossible is Mission Impossible 3 with him and Philip Seymour Hoffman. They're yes. so damn good in that movie. Oh, my. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is absolutely fucking incredible in that oh, movie. Yes, that's it's been fantastic. on Showtime a lot lately. That's a good oh movie. My. That, even just the opening scene in that movie, you know, obviously it's the foreshadowing scene. It's just so intense and it grips you right away. And they're both so good in that opening scene. They are. It's that's, so good. That, that, that's a, that's a, that is a good, you know, and I think that's kind of like, you know, they started doing a little bit more. Um, Mission Impossible 1 was okay. 2 was so-so. But like, yeah, 3 three was like almost like he, he became more, it became more legit, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the first one, there is a lot of cheesiness in that first one a lot. And the second one with him with the long hair, you can count me out. Um, but that being said, Tom Cruise, you know, that's why the trailer that just dropped yesterday for the new one. I mean, it looks, it looks good. Um, but you're right, Adam, um, Jack Reacher definitely is not taking chances at all. That's a role that that's about as paper as it comes. The mummy is not a, a role taking chance. Um, rock of ages. I mean, he did take a chance in that movie. I don't know if it was a good chance, but he uh, tried to be a rock star, but we'll see what top gun does. I'm sure it's going to do really well. I'm sure, like, I I totally want to see Top Gun. Like, I'm not, like, I don't mean, like, necessarily shit on Top Gun. But there's also, like, a part of me that, like, I want Tom Cruise to, and he'll he'll probably never be this again. But, like, I want, want, like, 80s, just a little bit of, like, 80s or 90s Tom Cruise to come back. Like, he's not even doing that one for me, one for them. He's doing all for them. And it seems like ever since he hooked up with like Christopher McQuarrie, I don't think he's jumping out of planes for anybody. I think he's doing that for himself. <laughs> um, you know, but that being said, it, it, it's coming across as for them because it's a huge Hollywood blockbuster. Um, but no, no, no. But what what I mean for one from like he's he's not working with PTA. Like so, like I didn't see Licorice Pizza, but from what I understand, there's a bunch of cameos. Yes. Could Tom Cruise have done a cameo in Licorice Pizza? Possibly he's like he's i feel like that's what i mean is like even in this world where essentially marvels and blockbusters are like taking over like the movie economy he's i feel like he's not even trying so like i looked at like brad like bradley cooper's past 10 years now bradley cooper obviously is much different career and got a later start but honestly bradley cooper and tom cruise i feel like could do similar roles if they really wanted to and Bradley Cooper, he's working. He just did Guillermo del Toro. He did the PTA movie. Well, he he's working, he's working with Kevin and David O. Working, Russell. He's working a lot, and I'm seeing it right now. He's working a lot with the same guy, this Christopher McQuarrie that he's been working with him on pretty much every project, going back to uh, Jack Reacher. So Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible, Jack Reacher, The Mummy. He's written them all. Top Gun, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible. So like. Tom Cruise looks like he's getting into a rut, staying with one guy. I don't know if it's a production type of thing. I I, I don't know. That's the problem. He's yeah, that, that's that's what I'm getting at. Is like I like Christopher McQuarrie. He also wrote the Usual Suspects. I think yeah. he wrote the Usual Suspects, right? I believe he did. Yes. And again, I like these movies, but like 
I don't think he's worked with. I think before he worked with Christopher McQuarrie, he didn't work with the director more than twice. And now he's essentially right. Like he's hitched his wagon and this isn't like a James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger situation (laughs) where like they're making some of the best action movies of all time. Like they're making solid movies and I enjoy them. But like I said, I'm just, I'm just lamenting. Like I I love a few good men. Um, I love his performance in uh, Magnolia, even something as silly as like Tropic Thunder. Um, Like I wish he would, I wish I okay. I absolutely loved him in Collateral. Like Tom Cruise is basically going to be the hero in in your movie, and he always plays the hero except for he took this villain role in Collateral, and it's my it's my favorite Michael Mann movie. Now I also don't like Heat too much, so it's not saying a lot. But regardless, <laughs> Tom Tom Cruise is incredible as Vincent in that movie. Tom Cruise is incredible in The Color of Money. Tom Cruise is incredible in Rain Man. I mean, that's a pretty good movie. Um, but again, you know, Tom Cruise, most actors are, you know, I mean, I mean, look at w- w- the actors we're going to talk about coming up next. It's the same thing, you know, as you get later, is it the same quality? I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it goes down. Well, an actor I do think is taking some risks and his movie choices is Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Sam, what are your thoughts on Leonardo DiCaprio? I think he's the greatest actor that's ever been alive. I would concur. That's a pretty, I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely in the top, right now, top three. Top three running. He's, he's, he's one of the best. What are your top three favorite DiCaprio performances? Um, first one is probably Django. Yes. Calvin Candy. That's so good as Calvin Candy. Um, Inception, probably two. Dom Cobb. What a name. Um, and then probably Frank Abagnale and Catch Me If You Can. Oh, yes. Frank Abagnale. Yes. Not Abagnale. Not Abagnale. <laughs> Abagnale. I, so I think it was East. Oh, I think it was Easter, not Easter, Thanksgiving that that movie came out, and I went and seen it with a buddy. I never laughed so hard in the movie theater. That was, <laughs> that was a good time. That was hilarious. I did not see Don't Look Up. I haven't watched that yet. Um, Feel free to miss it. Yeah, I, that's, what I, that's what I've heard. Uh, but I, I did enjoy him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was fantastic. Oh, he's great. He's great in that. Really good. See, I remember having a discussion with a friend of mine who's also a huge DiCaprio fan. And, like, I was looking, like, because he asked me, like, what are my favorite DiCaprio performances? And to me, they're basically his performances in a Scorsese movie or in Tarantino movie. Mm -hmm. And if it's not one of those two movies, I find myself not enjoying either his performance and or the movie. Really? Yeah. So... Except with so you don't like the re- you don't like like the revenant. I oh man, I really struggled watching the revenant, especially his performance. Like so, like when the usually like what I used to do is when these Oscar movies would come out, there would be a handful of hadn't seen. So I just like I, I would take a day off of work and I would just watch like three in a row. Yeah, and that's, so that's a the, bad the, one for that. And the, <laughs> the first uh, like that year it came out like the first one I watched. So it was like a nine in the morning too was uh the revenant and it's a lot of leonardo dicaprio like crawling around and grunting (laughs) yeah so 
I kind of boycotted the Revenant after he didn't win for Wolf of Wall Street because I oh. was so pissed off that he didn't <laughs> win. I mean, McConaughey was great in Dallas Buyers Club. Don't get me wrong. He really was. Uh, but I thought Leo in Wolf of Wall Street was like pinnacle of him like trying to go for it finally, like really trying to go for it. And he got snubbed. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> not seeing this movie. I saw he was nominated for Revenant. I'm like, I didn't see it. I'm not going to watch it. I don't care. Yeah. So I was like, he won. <laughs> It is it is super silly that he ended up winning for the Revenant because you're right. Like to me, Jordan Belfort in Wolf is my favorite DiCaprio performance. He is so funny and so good and so sleazy and right. That movie is just so freaking good, and so much of it has to do with him and Jonah Hill too. Yep. But his performance, especially as Jordan Belfort, I think is so good. And to me, like McConaughey, he's good in Dallas Buyers Club. But he gave like a very stereotypical like Oscar-y performance. It's like but the small drama, and he lost a bunch of weight. That's and, like, Jordan Belfort starts like taking quaaludes and trying to drive home. <laughs> that whole scene of him crawling to that car should have won it alone. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that's exactly what you said. It's um, McConaughey's more of like you said, an Academy. He lost weight for the role. It, 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 it's that's what it is. But you're right, DiCaprio. In Wolf of Wall Street, if I haven't said to my wife, get the ludes a hundred times just as a joke, I'd be a liar. Just because <laughs> it's such classic in that movie. Get the ludes. And what I love what I love about like his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like it kind of feels like real to how his career is at like now. You know, it's like you know, he feels like he's a has been, you know, he he has the one Oscar, you know, he's doing a lot of producing of movies but not really acting much anymore. I mean, obviously, he's got the new one coming out that Scorsese's doing. I don't remember what the name of that one Flowers is. of a Killer Moon. Yeah, that yeah. one. Or um, Kill- Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll obviously go see that. But, like, you know, he's had several breaks, you know, between years of doing movies. So, you know, when he was really given that performance, I was like, you really kind of feel like you could see him aging, obviously, too. And he's, you know, he's kind of just like, I'm at the end of my career. What am I doing? You know, what do I want to do? The part, the the part when that little girl goes up to him and whispers in his ear, and he starts crying. Uh, that was yeah. hilarious. That that part, I like that part. Did he right. even get nominated for that performance in Once Upon yeah. a Time? Yep, oh, he yeah. was up for lead actor. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good because he should have because he's incredible. I know Brad Pitt ended up winning yeah. finally his his Oscar, yeah. but uh, so there was a stretch where Leo DiCaprio was like really trying to win an Oscar. Um, that like it really kind of bugged me. So after Catch Me If You Can, he did The Aviator, which that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Man, it's I had such a hard time with that movie. I really don't like that movie. Oh, why? What's the matter? Um, you got you got a problem just, with Howard Hughes peeing in bottles? Come on now. What's the <laughs> it it just it felt Howard Hughes is a legend. It's just like I could feel on the screen of like DiCaprio and Scorsese like trying to win Oscars as opposed to like trying to make a movie, well, and it just it was like it just kind of fell flat for me. Okay. Then he did The Departed, which is incredible. Oh, no, no yes. problem with The Departed. But then but that, Blood Diamond. That's more of a cast movie though than like you know, his movie. That is true. That's very true. Yeah, I mean he's great, but you're right. Is is he the? Is he the, even the third best? No, I was gonna say it's even the third best performer in the movie. Yeah, right. He could be. Like I, I do like Damon and Nicholson more. They do a better. And, oh, and I like um, Mark Wahlberg more. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg was really Mark good. Mark Wahlberg was awesome. 
But uh, then he did Blood Diamond, Body of Lies, Revolutionary Road, and Shutter Island. I thought he was really good in Shutter Island, but yeah, I it wasn't really Shutter like Island. a it wasn't really like a you know an Oscar kind of thing. You know, it was just really. I'll I'll give you the Aviator because I know you don't like Revolutionary Road. I mean, not Revolu- um Shutter Island, but Shutter Island's actually pretty good and worth a rewatch if you haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah, and it has a good reputation. I feel like in the zeitgeist. Um, <laughs> But like I don't know I again I like normally if I see a movie in the theater it's like whenever I say like in this podcast oh I saw it in the theater if, I feel like I like it more because like you know yeah. you're in the theater like you don't That's have your true. phone distracting you. That's true. But uh, I was in law school and a bunch of us went to see Shutter Island like we made a thing of it and I saw it in the theater and I was like this is kind of not great. Um, you got like that. That's a movie where, like, it, you got to the first time through it, you don't know that he's actually the crazy person on the island. So, when you watch it the second time, it's kind of more cool to try to pick out trying to see what he's the actor trying to act against stereotype of who he really is. Whoa, spoiler alert, man! Oh, shoot! <laughs> oh, man, that's it. I'm done. I just feel oh, like man. so many other movies and directors have done that that premise like better and that's and that's true too um but like i like a lot revolutionary road that would be one of my favorites if you haven't seen it him and kate winslet michael shannon's in it um it's acting pretty much 101 he i love movies like this he's pretty much like a husband who's not satisfied and it's like the mid 50s and kate winslet they're just in a bad marriage but like to see acting he's really good I just like when I was prepping for this podcast and I was looking through Leo's IMDb, I find myself enjoying Leo as an actor and like his how he is in my mind and his better performances versus his actual career, if that makes sense. Like, because there's a lot of moves like that. Like, like I said, I don't care for Don't Look Up. I don't care for The Revenant. I'm not like I, I last week I said, like, I know why people like, um, Catch me if you can. I like. I wish Spielberg didn't direct that movie. Uh, I don't like The Aviator. Like, no, no, do, you like, like just, do you like Gangs in New York? Uh, I saw it once, and like, I didn't. I wasn't a fan, but I'll admit that I should give that a second chance. Yeah, that's more yeah. of a Daniel Day Lewis movie, though. That's <laughs> that, true that, that too. too. That's true too. He's like third best in that too. Yeah. Like, um, I don't like Titanic. I like a lot. I, I like his. He's got three early ones from the '90s. Uh, the Basketball Diaries. He was really good that in that. Really good. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Yep. He's great. He's great in that. And there's the movie right before that. It's called This Boy's Life. It's with him and De Niro, where um, he's actually really young. Toby Maguire's in it. Um, he's really good. But you do you know, know Toby Maguire and Leo are like best friends? Yeah, yeah. this is actually cool in this movie. They play friends in the movie, so it's funny to see them like back then and now. Actually, the the relationship has lasted. It's pretty cool. Well, like I got my introduction to Leo when you know he made his appearance on Growing Pains. You know, yes, like the yes. The Did you watch like the Disney at like three in the afternoon? <laughs> well, I was like six so yeah yes 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 yes. me me no because because you're younger than me and growing pains was definitely before my time well right yeah yeah i'm saying like you know in in, in 97 you know when it was rerunning all the time oh yeah i remember coming home 
and just like watching like this like Disney block of like eighties sitcoms and like Growing Pains was definitely on my list. See, so, yeah, I'm with you. I definitely would watch Leo as Growing Pains probably before I saw any of his movies. Yep. One last one. What about the beach? Do you see the beach? I I didn't see the beach. I, I have cannot. I've heard mixed things about it. It's, it's you know it's, it's Danny good. Boyle. But. It's trippy. It's good. It's worth a watch. But again, he's got a wide variety, like you said. Inception. How about Inception? I love Inception. Inception's good. That the scene, obviously, when uh, you know they go through him and his wife sitting, you know, with her sitting on the edge of the hotel window. Oh yeah, that's. Oh uh, my god, that scene grips me every time. I like, good. I like shake every time I watch that's, that scene. That's a good one. And the thing with like Leo is like. I can't imagine reading that script and like fully understanding it and just like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I don't like, I feel like Christopher Nolan wasn't really like capital C and Christopher Nolan at that time. I feel like no, Inception yeah. really helped make him. So like to for Leo, like you needed Leo in that movie, not only to like market it, but like you feel like you needed his acting in it to like really carry that movie. Cause I mean, at the time, I think it was trippier than we thought it was, or at least I thought it was. Now, I guess maybe because I've seen that like 20 million times, it makes more sense. Right. But to have like Leo like take that risk, and even with something like The Revenant, like with Inuritu, like Inuritu got like $100 million to make that movie, or some crazy amount. It may not have been that much, but like because of Leo. So I give Leo like a lot of credit for like doing these movies that would not get made unless he was attached to it well that's generally and back to to remind to the last guy i mean well number one it wasn't just i mean you're right he did get a lot of money because of leo but i think it's because of Birdman too i mean the, but he was probably actually i'm looking here he's probably making reverence as Birdman was before. um that be that being said um like Tom Cruise, they could bring in a director. They could bring in the money. They could bring in the production. They they themselves got the money to produce the movies if they want to do that. Um, that's the kind of power that I think both of those guys have. No, but the so I remember hearing like interviews specifically about the Revenant because um, like they had they needed more money in the middle of filming because of um, like they were filming on a mountain. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely in the middle of filming. I mean, if you need no, no, but like they, they kept like having issues because of like you know Leo talked about this in his um, Oscar speech, like because of climate change, they were having like issues. Yeah, that's true. So like they kept needing more money, and the reason that they were able and that movie actually ended up making a lot of money. It did. For it did for that. Know, kind even, of I still think it's kind of yeah, but See, I mean the, Leo, the, Leo, 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 like makes your dreams come true. The one last thing I'll say about the movie and the reason that I think it's magical is they actually are in the middle of nowhere with all those cameras. With no, with, they're not like on set somewhere. They actually went out there in the middle of nowhere. And that's why I think it, it does the job where they, you, you wanted like Tom Cruise, you said that he isn't giving to, he isn't taking chances. I don't know if there's a much more of a chance you could take in a role than he took in this movie. I know you don't like, but like to go out there in the middle of nowhere. That's... No, no, that's what I mean. Like I appreciate, so yeah. I appreciate Leo's chances, even though I like, wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, I appreciate the risk yeah. more. So I'm looking on IMDb and the budget for the Revenant is $135 million. Yes, it is. And no, no one is giving in your re to $135 million to make, unless it's like he makes a Marvel movie. Or you get Leo to star in your movie. 
Well, that's 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 all it takes. And again, t- to the producer's credit, it made 183 million in the U.S. and engrossed over 530 million. So they made their money back. Well, that's I mean, Birdman only cost 18 million and it made 103 million. So I mean, like he, but like, what's his next movie? Has he done anything since The Reverend? I'm trying to see here. You know, I mean, that's you know, I, I don't think his next movie they gave him 100. He's making a movie right now for Netflix called Bardo. I mean, Netflix might give him $130 million to make his passion project, but... We'll have have to wait and see. So, Leo never made a superhero film, but a lot of other great actors did. Uh, Sam, what's your favorite superhero movie? Oh, man. Um, It's either going to be Captain America, The Winter Soldier, or hate to be this corny but the new batman that's that's good we are we are fans of the new batman on this podcast i am too very good movie but uh, the way they shot you know captain america and the winter soldier you know and you know was it 2014 or 2015 the way they you know the way they shot it was different from like the normal marvel movies we've been getting you know after the avengers and everything so it was kind of cool to see like a grittier kind of part of the mcu come together that's true. That's very true. See, I'm picking a different Batman movie, and I'm going The Dark Knight. Oh, The Dark Knight. I, mean, I remember... I never heard of that one. When did that come out? Uh, it stars this guy. He's in a new Marvel movie. His name is Christian Bale. Okay. And Michael Caine. Michael, Ka- Michael and Caine. We burnt the forest down. <laughs> I mean, I, I, quote, I quote The Dark Knight so much in my life like i have said i'm not wearing hockey pads just <laughs> an unnecessary amount of time. there's like there's no reason to say that ever but i love the line i love the film um i see these lists of like you know whenever every new superhero comes out and like uh like vulture or those type of blogs well then like here's the 50 greatest superhero movies of all time and i always dismiss them if they don't have the dark knight like one i just think it's incredible and no disrespect to the batman and and winter soldier which are are all very good but to me it's just you know christopher nolan can do no wrong and the dark knight i just think is just an incredible incredible film And, and heath ledger obviously just gives a once in a lifetime performance right yep Oh, I love The Dark Knight just because The Dark Knight Rises was such a letdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. that is that is the, the general consensus. I saw The Dark Knight Rises more in theaters than The Dark Knight just to try to convince myself that The Dark Knight Rises wasn't a letdown. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route, and I'm probably, I might even get some booze on this one. The Fantastic Four. Yeah, actually, um, that is not a, I'm actually going to go the original Fantastic Four, where the thing looks like in a rubber suit. Michael Chick, no, I'm kidding. That's not what I'm going to go with. I'm oh, I thought you were going to go with like the. There's like a '90s version that's like not even yeah. like the Michael Chick yeah. yeah. like, movie of like someone filming like in his backyard. You know, yeah. part of me, part of me wants to say Kickass. I like that movie a lot. Oh, oh man, Kick- Kickass is a good movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, part of me wants to go like uh, that way. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna say I really, I really like. I I know a lot of people for some reason don't like it, but I like Iron Man too. 
I do oh. like Iron Man. Too. I like Sam Rockwell. I think he's a whole. I I never laugh so hard than his performance in that movie. Um, I'm always a key for the the jag bad guy, like the one who just makes cheesy comments but really can't hold his own to anything. And he plays a weasel in that movie. Um, and that's I like that. Both all three of the movies you guys named are, are great. Winter Soldiers. Winter Soldiers a great movie. Um, Robert Redford's in, is that the one Robert Redford's in? Yep. Or, yep. I mean, I mean, you know, you, you got him in there, and that's great. I do like. I hated it at first, but I really liked the new Suicide Squad. That was pretty good. Yeah, James got a good job. Um, you know what? I'll, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say The Peacemaker, the television show. I think that was probably something that I've enjoyed more than I thought I would enjoy. Um, but you guys have said great ones too, and I could actually pick any of these as being really good. I just, I think all these picks also show is that. Sometimes, especially with the Marvel machine, it's just like, no, you like, here's the movie. You have to essentially do this movie. But like a lot of the picks that we did, like the director really got to have their own influence in it. Like, even though the Russo brothers, I don't know if they necessarily have an influence, but like very clearly the Winter Soldier was like the movie they wanted to make. They wanted to make, they like clearly had these, have an affinity for those 70, like the parallax view and those type of movies and wanted to infuse it in them. Uh, I mean, Christopher Nolan obviously had free range to do his version of Batman. And, and James Gunn is, I think, like such a breath of fresh air when it comes to superhero movies nowadays. Like, to, Sam, did you ever see The Peacemaker? I did not watch the series yet, no. But I did okay. see it. Well, there is, um, I'll just say the, the cow at the end of Peacemaker, like, there's no way Marvel would have ever let him do something like that. So the fact that a little bit more hardcore, yeah. I mean, he gets to do a little bit more. There's a little bit more. I mean, I think it was in the movie Pete Holmes. On you know, he you know he's in you know, it's a lot more hardcore than Marvel. Pretty much is what you're saying. I do like that. Like um, DC, like essentially when Marvel canceled James Gunn, DC is like, okay, you can make one of our movies. And you can kill whatever character you want. Apparently, they said like you can even kill. They said you can kill anyone you want. You can even kill Harley Quinn. Just we would ask that you please not kill Harley Quinn. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. That's you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, apparently, he had free range to, to to kill her if he wanted to. But um, you know, I mean, that I think she's too valuable to DC. It's quality. I mean, that's the thing. Is everything that we mentioned are all quality. In one way or another, well, I just I just looked something up on IMDb that I was surprised by. I thought, uh, do you guys remember the movie *Brightburn*? Yes, yeah. I thought James Gunn directed it, but he was just producer of yeah, it. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, did you did you did you like that movie? I did like it. That was a good movie. That was had an original plot. Yeah, um, it was simple, but I mean, it was good. Um, did you ever see that one, Adam? I didn't, but uh, I did see his original superhero movie, *Super*. With um, Elliot Page and Dwight Schrute yeah, and Kevin Bacon. Yes. What did, did you like that one? I mean, that one is like, if you ever like want an encapsulation of what a James Gunn superhero movie is, <laughs> it's that movie. <laughs> of like, um, oh my God, what's Dwight Schrute's real name? Rain Wilson. Thank Rain you. Wilson. Rain, Rain Wilson. I do like Rain Wilson. No, no shots at Rain Wilson. Just. Oh, I freaking muted myself accidentally. <laughs> um, Rain Wilson, like trying to do kick ass, oh, yeah. is uh, okay. 
was great. I mean, but that's, you know, Kick-Ass is good. Matthew Vaughn's a pretty good director. Um, you know, I mean, that's another different look at superhero. a superhero. I have also, like, that was my first, I mean, I'm sure most people's first viewpoint of Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. And she's so good in that movie. And I just, she's to me, she's never been as good as she was as, like, a seven-year-old girl or however old she is just saying like just being a, a potty mouth and murdering <laughs> people in the most violent fashion possible i know that's, that's very true she was nichols cage i like nichols cage in that movie too he's ridiculous and you're in that movie too tony i am am i not mclovin Wasn't i know yeah you're, you're the bad guy in that movie that is that is i <laughs> i am i am mclovin that is you so same you've met tony doesn't he kind of look a little bit like christopher mince plus he, he has some similarities, yeah. Well, let me, and I love to break this down, because once I was on a drunk bus at the Southside Parade, and some girl's like, you look like McLovin. I'm 6'3", McLovin's 5'8". Um, <laughs> McLovin, it's the glass, number one, it's the glasses. When I take the glasses off, I look nothing like him. It's, it's a pair of glasses, which I'm okay with it. I've come to grips. Other things that I've heard, I've heard that I look like, uh, growing up, someone said I look like Ralph Macchio on Weight Gainer. Um, someone has said that I look like a little old ladies at Applebee's when I used to serve. Said I look like Ben Affleck. I've heard it all. I'll, I'll, <laughs> if you're I'll white, take, then you're I'll Ben take Affleck. Anything. I'll take anything. By the way, I love that role models joke. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great joke. <laughs> that's that's an underrated comedy. We've, we've talked really about like, comedies around that era before on podcast, and I don't think we brought up role models. That's well, a great movie. That movie's so good. The little kid is so good. I feel like he hasn't really gotten work since. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. He's talking about his dick. He's talking about Love Gun. No, that yeah. is his dick. Yeah, I love that part. <laughs> All right. Well, well speaking of now. speaking of comedies, let's talk about some great cartoon TV shows. So, Sam, what's your favorite cartoon TV show of all time? South Park. I knew that. That's why I picked this topic. <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect for it. South Park. South Park's amazing. I mean, that's been on the air how many years now? Since '97, I think. '96, '97. So yeah. I remember when that show first came out, and obviously there was like crazy uproar about it, but I could see it on the air because it was so funny. And I remember my dad, he had to go into the basement and like watch that show by himself because <laughs> there's no way that my brother and I were able to watch that show at the time. Are, are you older your... or younger than your brother? I'm basically a year older than my brother. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> what's your, Sam, what's your favorite South Park episode? Oh, I'm actually going, <laughs> I'm actually going through the whole series right now on HBO Max. Um, gee, it's, it's either Scott Tennerman um, or it's Ginger Kids. Ginger Kids. Those are both. So oh, I mean, the, the, the ending scene of Scott, isn't it like Scott Tennerman must die or something? Yeah, or... Scott Tennerman must die. <laughs> um, and just licks his tears. Oh my God, it's the greatest. And then they're just like, maybe we should never mess with Cartman again. <laughs> My personal favorite is the first Tolly episode. Oh, Again, okay. that's that's another thing that I'll just randomly quote in my house. It's like, that's it. What's it? It's the theme <laughs> of Funky Town. <laughs> I got it. 
the, the things that I've laughed at on that show, I don't even know if they're appropriate for me to say over I there. choose, <laughs> I choose <laughs> both. There's so much hilarious. You guys want to go get high? And I just, I love that they just don't care to change the animation of it. That it's just oh, like really? the paper machine forever. There's like, you know what? Who cares? I, I, I'm a big fan of Herbert Garrison, Mr. Garrison. Yep. I mean, oh he's God. just so much ridiculous. So I'm, much. I'm so going much. through the, I'm going through the season where he becomes president. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, there's just been so much, but just, just, that's what's cool about the show. Like you said, it's never, it's never changed. It, yeah. it, it is. It has stayed the same. Can I share my South Park hot take that Sam might get mad at me about? What? What is it? What I think it? South Park was at its best when it was just a silly sitcom and the kids were doing goofy things. And I think it went downhill once it started getting super satirical, and it basically just started commenting on the issue of the week. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, good. I do agree with that. Like you, you've seen that with you know several shows that'll do that. Yeah, and it's like and it, people aren't trying to get reminders of everything that's going on. That's true too. <laughs> like every, about every now and then, I think they do it great. Like the, when the WJ writer strike went on, which is now probably like 10, 15 years old, yeah. and they're like, "Just give me that internet money." Yeah, give like, me that internet money. <laughs> to me, that that episode was hysteric and they might have filmed it during the strike because like the show is essentially written by the two guys yep. uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker and then weirdly Bill Hader was like a writer on the show for like yeah and he was doing a voice for a, a few really I yeah. see I did not know that that's awesome there was this documentary called like four days to air where they went behind the scenes yep. of, like because like they they literally write draw create like four days before they're like Comedy Central 100% doesn't know like what they're gonna release until sometimes like never yep. sometimes just like they'll get the tape like five minutes before the show's supposed to air they always get it in but like yeah they the way they create that show is is absolutely crazy and the fact that they're able to and that's probably why they do a lot of you know satirical topics and topics of the day now is because they like right they, they literally will write the show the like monday before it airs it's incredible but <laughs> but yeah, like I'm, I was watching that documentary, and like they're sitting in a room, and Bill Hader's just hanging out. And like, yeah. I like Bill Hader, but this is weird. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he he did a voice. Like I think it was during like season nineteen or something. There was a whole thing about ads, and he was uh, he was one of the news, like the head of the news people trying to shut down the ads or something. <laughs> and I was like, that's Bill Hader's voice. I can totally tell. I looked at him I'm like, oh, it is him. What the hell? <laughs> It's wild. I mean, they had Elon Musk do his own voice. Like, you know, it's crazy. I mean, they, they had George Clooney, I think, do a voice of yep. a dog. Yeah. Like, super early on. I assume you've seen the South Park movie, right? Yes. So, to me, the South Park movie is, like, one of the greatest movie musicals of all time. Yeah. Like, their ability, like, they, obviously, considering they did a Broadway play, they yeah. do have an affinity for, like, songs, and they're really good at it. Yep. And the songs on the South Park movie, like what would Brian Boitano do and Blame Canada? Um, I mean, the the music in the South Park movie is legitimately good. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's so it's, well written. It is well written. It's lasted too. It's it has it's age. It's not like dated. It's it's good. It's still it's still hilarious. Right. Anyway, my pick is The Simpsons. Okay, The Simpsons. 
I was never uh, a big Simpsons person. I just I don't I don't know why. I just never even like got around to it. I think it was just because it was so available. <laughs> well, Simpsons is like, and I'll be honest with you, I'm old enough to remember when when I was eight or nine, having a Simpsons poster on my wall. My mom's like, "Don't put that up. People are going to talk." And now, and now you're like. By the way, oh. my mom was like super against me watching The Simpsons as a kid. Yeah, well, like it's it's really weird. Like I'll totally like my kid's five. I'll totally like watch The Simpsons with him. But like when we were younger, it was so taboo and it was so. <gasps> they said that. Well, yeah. like it, it's, but it's another show that again it also speaks to the times too. Like, and I'll be honest with you, I've been watching the newest season, and it's got it's still got laughs. Um, it's just not, it's not, it doesn't like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it, it's, it's, it's got a lot better seasons, I think, towards the beginning. Yeah, like seasons two through like 10. Yeah. I think are just unimpeachable, like to me. Like, you know, now in Disney Plus or Hulu or whatever, like you can just flip on any episode and it's like, oh my God, this is a classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like obviously in its, its later seasons, like someone brought up this really good point and now I can't get it out of my head where, Simpsons essentially be like got Family Guide, where now there's so much of the Family Guy animation and humor in it. Mm-hmm. That, That's true. Well, like, it was always it was always like Family Guy light. Well, because was... Family Guy is a Simpsons ripoff. Yep. But now then, like Simpsons started ripping off the Family Guy humor, and then like they changed the animation too, and. I mean, it, it's not like it was super great before they started doing that, but then like once someone brought up that point, I now can't get it out of my mind. So like, yeah, I'm not super thrilled with like the the newer episodes. Like I'll watch like Bob's Burgers, and the people who did Bob's Burgers had the show called The Great North. Yeah, um, a bad show. With um, oh man, who's friggin' I think Nick Offerman. Thank Nick you, Offerman. Nick yeah, Offerman yeah. is as a main voice. Yeah, what's really and, funny is though, like when I was a kid, you know, I never watched The Simpsons, but we'd always play the game Simpsons Hit and Run like constantly because <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> I uh, I had to go to Hebrew school once a week as a kid, and uh, my parents would always drop me off early, so I'd hang out in this room where you can buy, buy candy and hang out, and they had the Simpsons Hit and Run game in it. Awesome. So every morning I buy, or every time I go to Hebrew school, I get a pack of Twizzlers and play that game. <laughs> and uh, best part about Hebrew school because it went downhill right soon after that. <laughs> well, you know that's generally how everything goes sometimes. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think both of those are great picks. Um, you know, I, I. I, you know, and that's the thing is, I, I I really, 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 really love Family Guy, um, to the point where, I I I could see where you're saying it's a ripoff, but like, it like took it took it and like threw it so much further. Um, Family Guy never went as hardcore. Um, they. I mean, they've come out and specifically made fun of Kevin Spacey five years before he got caught. Um, Tom Cruise, they went really hard at Tom Cruise. I mean, Simpsons doesn't go that hard. It's more, a little bit more satirical, where Family Guy will point out, call somebody out for their, their crap. That doesn't make them the best, but it makes them, they're witty in the way they do it a lot of the ways. Um, I don't even want to repeat what they said about Tom Cruise. Because I don't even know if it's it's aged as well, 
Um, but they to bring this full circle. Do you know what kind of got me out on Family Guy? What the South Park episode? Yep. That... <laughs> I was just getting rid of that. They don't let anybody. They don't even let that. That wasn't released because they have the Muhammad stuff on there. Oh, that's true. But uh, do you know what episode I'm talking about, Tony? Did you ever see the episode of South Park where the head was like seals? Just no, move. no. I'll, I'll have to actually watch that episode. You'll have to let me know what name of that. Is. I oh, think yeah. you can find it on like SouthPark.com, but it's not released on like HBO Max or whatever because they couldn't have it because they made fun of Muhammad. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So, at the episode, was the episode released before nine? I think it was actually probably released after nine eleven. Yeah. Right? It was, yeah. It was like oh eight. I think it was oh seven or eight. But like, yeah, it had a depiction of Muhammad, which was totally fine at the time. There was no uproar at the time. But then a couple of years later, there was some Al Qaeda bullshit somewhere and, other. And I guess if I'm not going Family Guy, I really like Beavis and Butthead. That's my, that, you know. But that's another show that isn't around much, and they're actually bringing it back this year on MB Paramount Plus for a new show and a new movie. Um, but you know, a Family Guy, I get it. You know, I mean, if you've watched South Park Hardcore, it's it's completely different. It's like Pepsi and Coca Cola. It seems like, um, but. You know, I mean, I like Seth MacFarlane, I guess. That's, but again, the show. No, that's Mike Judge. Uh, Beavis and Butthead? No, I'm I'm going back to, I was going back to uh, talk about Family family Guy. But like saying, what I'm saying is though, like, it's like South Park. It's best years were its first four or five years. Um, Now it's pretty much just doing the same. Just trying to find, like you said, news of the week to make fun of there is a joke here and there but you know that's 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 family guy i mean that it's not for everybody i do understand that did you watch mike judge's follow-up to beavis and butthead king of the hill oh yeah king of the hill is a great show that was a great my dad used to really like king of the hill because he was always upset at how tv dads were portrayed because there's a lot of the the homer simpson Oh, yeah. uh, just an absolutely family guy and a lot of the dads in South Park too. Oh, you know, yeah. They're all they're all friggin' idiots. And uh he always liked how even headed and uh, even keeled uh Hank Hill Hank was. Hill. Yeah. Um it was a great I mean that's a show that lasted a long time. I mean there's a lot of good cartoons. Um did you were you a fan of Futurama? Oh, I love Futurama. I mean that's another show that has its it's a lot of people enjoy that show yeah and it's coming back again 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 it is you know it's coming back you know again and there's some newer shows too on netflix that are are, are, aren't um that f is for family i don't know if you've ever watched that where bill burr does his voice that's i mean but like you said you're gonna eventually just copy something else is what it seems like but but to weirdly like the show that like i love the old school simpsons and i love the old school even family guy in south park but the show that I end up just watching so much is just Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. That's because that's a show that's still going on. And even when it's not going on, like you can do like the pick a random episode. And that movie's coming out this weekend. Oh, I'm so excited for that movie. My, my honorable mention would be Archer. Archer. Great Archer's show. Archer. Funny. The, the, first, the first season of Archer especially is so fucking funny. It's so damn good. <laughs> There's a lot of laughs in Archer. Which isn't that the same guy who does Bob's Burger? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that H. John Benjamin does that voice is just that is, so that fantastic. Is awesome. Just the mono. That's always I mean, that's that's a that, that's a, such a cool job. 
Right. When when Archer first came out, like that was just a show my all my friends and I were watching, and we would just it was basically all we would quote to each other. Just do you want to get ants? This is how you get ants. <laughs> that's how you get ants. I mean, I I use that gif all the time of phrasing <laughs> constantly because it's just such a running gag on that show. And it's so funny. <laughs> The the best part about the humor of Archer, especially in its earlier years, of them like making fun of the fact that the hu- the humor of the characters isn't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, just really, like self aware. <laughs> yeah, the show is so self aware that like the punchline doesn't work. Like what should be the punchline doesn't work, but then the, the turns out the punchline is a joke afterwards. <laughs> it's so great. Good, I mean, but those are all good cartoons, though. Great, great picks. <clears throat> all right, now that we have discussed some funny cartoons, let's talk about some funny live people. And uh, a lot of the shows we mentioned were have been pretty institutional, but there's no show that has been a bigger institution than Saturday Night Live. And because of that, they've had probably some of the the funniest people ever got their start from Saturday Night Live. So I don't think the answer to this question, there's like a wrong answer. I feel like the answer of like, who's the best SNL cast member is just kind of like a Rorschach test into your personality and um, like your age and your your movie style. No, no. (laughs) No, that's real easy to say. That's the Tom Cruise new acting way. You're not taking chances. <laughs> what it is is, you know, I mean, like, who are you going to pick? Let's start there. There's, there's really like four great answers you could pick from. All right, Tony, we've been doing this podcast for podcasts for a couple weeks now. Who do you think is my pick? I really, really, I, I'm. Can I, can I give you two answers, and can you tell me if it's one of the two? Sure. Uh, Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler? Yeah, it's Will Ferrell. I knew you were going to say Will Ferrell because that's your yes, yeah. But that's not a that's that's he would be in the top four, five. Right, five. but if, okay, if someone had said like, and I don't mean this, this is stepping on your pick. If someone had said Eddie Murphy, I feel like they'd also be right. Yeah, if, there's Eddie Murphy. There's Will Ferrell. There's Adam Sandler. There's Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. That's that's. I mean, my, I mean, also Chris Farley to an extent. Chris Rock, definitely. Um, yeah. All right, Sam, who's your pick? Well, let me give you my top five. All right. Let's the epitome it. of Steve Martin. Okay. Was Steve Maybe. Martin ever actually an SNL cast member? Because I saw something this weekend that said he wasn't. He, no, he, 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 he wasn't, but he hosted enough times where we're going to count it. Continue. I thought he was a f- member of the first season. No, no, he get yeah, he. Uh, no, he was not. He was a, a host quite a bit in that first season. Well, then Honestly, I, I I thought the same exact thing until like, I literally it's not, Mandela it's effect. It's it is. It's not. It's not. But go on, continue. But because he yeah. also has like he has reoccurring sketches too. That's also really? the thing. It's like he has the wild and crazy guy sketch. Oh, yeah. um, like I listen literally until like two days ago. I would have sworn up and down that Steve Martin was an original it's, cast member. Trust me, if you it's it's an it's the easiest thing to to I for the longest time. Oh my god, I, he's hosted the show fifteen times. Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> um 
it's that he was like what was cool was when Saturday Night Live was starting, he was already a big time um, stand up comedian. Yeah. So he was pretty much kind of elevating them just as more than he they were elevating him, I guess. So, but yeah, he was, so he, he's definitely I mean, he's hosted it one of the most times. Yeah. Well, all right. well then I was going to go Adam Sandler. Yep. Mike Myers. Yeah. Chris Farley. Yeah. And Will Ferrell. I mean, those are all, they all have had six huge success. That's the key. Mike Myers, I mean, Mike Myers has had, honestly, money-wise, wouldn't you say Mike Myers has had the most success? Between just the three Austin Powers and, and yeah, Shrek. And Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> I mean, he really didn't have to do anything else. No, no. <laughs> but, but when you go and you look at the money that Shrek made and you're measuring success, it's like, well, that, that's... By the way, do you know what who was supposed to do Shrek before yeah, Mike was, Myers? Yeah, it's Chris. Yeah, it's supposed to be Chris Farley. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I also like I think that second Austin Powers made a bajillion dollars. Like Mike Myers got that uh, Robert Downey Jr. cut of it. And then the third one I think made a buttload too. Yeah. Um he's got a new show on I haven't watched it yet, but he's yeah, got a new yeah. show on Netflix. Netflix yeah. Is it sketch comedy or is it like a series? It's kind of like a sketch series where he plays like nine different yeah, I think I've seen like shows or like um, screencasts you know, where he's playing different characters. So I, I I've heard I've heard not good things, but it's Mike Myers, you know. I'll check it out. It's not supposed to be the best. You know, well no, I mean you fun. know what was that one where he is the one that with Justin Timberlake, the love group? Lo- yeah, I was going to say, I saw that movie in the theater. And so there's, there's a reason that movie killed Mike Myers' career. Yep. It is so freaking bad. Right now, if we were at a ball game, I'd say, uh, can I get these two guys beers for seeing the Love Guru at the theater, please? Two beers over here for you. You want to hear something funny? Yeah, let's hear I it. I own that movie on DVD. That's even more cool. I love it. <laughs> This is amazing. I like it. This because cool. I was like, I don't even remember. I was like 15 when that movie came out. I love obscure movies. Like, that's a movie that people, but you saw it in the theater. Like, I saw, like, a lot of people hate Kevin Costner, Waterworld. I saw that in the movie theater. I mean, I love seeing movies that people, you know, like, it's 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 funny. It's got its laughs in it. Oh, it does. I mean, it does. No, I don't think it does, but... Well, you know, you got to be, let me put it to you this way. There's certain movies where you got to be in the right frame of mind to have some laughs. You know, if you're going and sitting down on a a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. watching The Love Guru and you just said you got, you you know, it might not do it. But if it's like nine at night and you want to have some laughs and, you know, you're, you know, to the moon, you know, you might might laugh a little bit. But I I do think it's funny in the sense that, uh, like, I think part of the reason we all saw this movie in the theater, because at this time, like, Mike Myers was on a hot streak. Oh, he like, was. oh Mike he Myers was. is in a new movie where he plays 10 different characters? Sign me up. He was. He was. I mean, Mike, my, but, like, Wayne's World, you know, I mean, he's, his problem is, is that there isn't a lot. Like, he didn't make a lot of movies for a couple of years. He's taken time off. Where Sandler, he's always been constantly coming out with with material and i think if mike myers came out with more material he might be he might be you know the best i was listening to the do you ever listen to this podcast called the rewatchables uh no but i will put it on my list it's uh it's really good it's from the guys who do the ringer um and they just did austin powers international man of mystery where essentially they break it down and i thought they brought up a good point about mike myers where 
Mike Myers doesn't really want to play himself. He's a guy who needs to be in a weird mask and have a goofy voice. And like, he's never just like, he'll, he'll probably never want to do his main character. And so I married an ax murderer. Who, who is the greatest director that Mike Myers ever worked? Quentin Tarantino. Yes, you got it. Good job. That's good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love his, I love his scene in Glorious Bastards. But even still, like that's a movie where he's doing a weird voice and he's got a weird wig on. I I totally spaced. I was like, wait, what Tarantino movie was he? He's he's like I forgot he was that character. He's Calvin Candy. He's Calvin Candy. (laughs) Did you imagine Mike Myers as Calvin Candy? (laughs) Yes. Yes. You now you have piqued my interest. Now, yeah, yes, that would be that would be amazing. He'd put his weird Scottish accent. Yes, but with his... <laughs> he just does the Shrek voice. Is yeah. <laughs> that would be that. That would, that would be... <laughs> you imagine smashing that skull with the hammer doing that? <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh-huh. Oh yes, but yeah, I mean that's that's. You know, Mike Myers, that's... that's. But I think with this new show, it's like it sounds like he's doing 10 million different characters too, right? He is. He is. He is. So I, I think with like Adam Sandler... And also, Adam Sandler's humor was always this like really dumb, juvenile, um, silly stuff. I like. I used to watch a bunch of like these SNL-like um, documentary type things that VH1 used to do. And like Norm MacDonald would say like... You can never have like Adam Sandler would never play like a senator in like a, a cold open type scene because that just wasn't the type of guy he was. He was the type of guy who was gonna sing about sloppy joes and a sweatshirt on on Weekend Update. And I think his earlier movies are just, I mean, was, I think his first movie was Happy Billy Madison. Billy, it was Billy Madison, yeah. or that was either that or I think the first one he was like Overboard or something. You, you like, got actually, you know, I didn't really bring it up. You got it going overboard in the yeah. four dollar bin at Walmart. Yeah, which is like really bad. It's really, really, really bad. I remember trying to buy it and it was bad. That's a bad. Movie. So actually, this Adam Sandler stuff is like I part of the reason I brought it up was to segue to our next topic. But actually, before I do, I do want to give a shout, two shout outs to some female cast members. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus was technically a cast member, and yeah. I think she's probably in the argument, like in the running for like greatest TV actress of all time. Yes, like between Seinfeld and Veep alone. Um, and Tina Fey, oh, Tina who, Fey. <laughs> uh, I think I Tina Fey. So here's my Tina Fey take: is that like. She's always been like an amazing writer, which is why she ended up being a head writer on SNL. And the shows she wrote, like 30 Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, to me are freaking hysterical. And one of my all-time favorite movies that has a bunch of SNL cast members is Mean Girls. Okay. Uh, that was written by Tina Fey. But I never thought she was the greatest comedic actress, like in yeah, terms of her was- acting. Ability. Yeah, she's one of the best behind the scenes people, you know, writing and directing and producing, you know, doing that. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, uh, by the way, Sam, I think you need to be on every podcast because I feel like I have these hot takes. And then you're just <laughs> like, no, 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 that's 100%. <laughs> 
that's, that's true. That's what it but, is. But like, when I, whenever, like, I'll, I'll see lists of like the greatest cast members, and people will put Tina Fey over like Amy Poehler, who Tina Fey, like, I read her book because I'm a big fan. Like, she, Tina Fey admits that Amy Poehler is a better comedic actress than her. Yep. And to if, me, I don't think it's close. If you go um, back and you watch those original five or seven, eight original years, I mean, Gilda Radner. Who passed away mm-hmm. really young she was she was awesome too um that's the thing is that like you bringing it up and i'm glad you even brought it up i mean some of they're all good in their own different way you know the, the, there's been a, quite a few good female actresses on sarah night live it's like even like recently like you know ad bryant kate oh, mckinnon ad bryant's amazing yeah um i've actually turned to my wife and i'm like i could see her so many i i in my head imagine so many hilarious classic movie roles for her and that's generally what you see when you're seeing you know an actress on there is you could see them doing more stuff you know what's weird is like kate mckinnon i feel like has like very clearly been the most talented cast member on snl in recent years but her movie career and her acting career is not going yeah. well. <laughs> no, I mean that happens. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother time. Actors who tried to take off but haven't made it. You know, you got Chris Kattan, yeah. you know, <laughs> the Roxbury. But what's after that? Yeah, Corky Romano. Corky Romano. That's right, darn Corky Romano. You're right. I but think like, that's it. <laughs> but that's it. You know, I think he's in. Um, undercover brother i think with um eddie, eddie griffin. griffin yep but like that's 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 it you know that, that reminded me of star. uh so dana carvey had a show you know talking about guys who were super talented but their career never took mm-hmm. off and there's this really good documentary on hulu that it, hulu kept recommending it to me for like 10 years so i finally watched it and it's a behind the scenes of like the five episodes that the dana carvey show did uh-huh. And it turns out, so he was the first one to hire um, Steve Carell and who's the guy who's hosting the CBS Late Night Chuck Show host? Colbert. Colbert, thank you. So he was the first one to hire Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert even before The Daily Show. Uh Um, And uh, who did, I'm thinking of ending things, the director, Kaufman. Um, Uh, Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman was a writer for the Dana Carvey show. Really? I did not know that. And uh, there's like a whole bunch of other like really like famous and smart people who like I'm forgetting at the moment. Like I'm clearly also forgetting as I'm saying their names. Um, But Dana Carvey was also like another one who was clearly super talented on SNL. And like he tried to do that Master of Disguise movie. (laughs) <laughs> to, turtle, to try turtle, to like tip turtle, it. Turtle, turtle, turtle. Cult classic. Turtle, turtle, turtle. Yeah. <laughs> but like his his sketches, I think, are legendary. Like the church lady. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, his Mission? bush. Oh, no, no. Yeah. He was. He he was probably you know if you're talking about he's one of the best on the show. You know, I mean, he blew Adams. He could blow Adam Sandler out of the water. Oh, show. I also, I feel like we need to mention, because R.I.P. Uh, Phil Hartman. Oh, yeah, man. Phil Hartman was great. So great. Phil Hartman was one of my favorites. Phil Hartman wrote uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure with Paul mm-hmm. Rubens. I mean, yep. he, he, is, he is a legend. 
I mean, even uh, just his like small little cameos in movies, he'd steal yeah. scenes. Immediately. Jingle all the way. He's great in Jingle all the oh, way. Oh, he's fantastic in Jingle all the way. I mean, he's That's like the sleazy neighbor. <laughs> oh yes, I love that sleazy neighbor role. You know, I mean, I mean, he's one Sergeant of Sergeant my... Bilko. He's fantastic in that yeah. movie. Yeah, he's one of my favorite Simpsons voice guys with like Lionel Hutz. Oh, he was great and, on the um, Simpsons. I forgot he did voices on there. And it's it's man, it's such a shame. Like obviously, like losing a life is a shame. Like no matter what, but to like the career that Phil like Hartman could have had, oh, like he had he had so many great. Like even if it was just voice work that he did, or like if you know, it's just like a failed TV show, like he wanted to get off the ground, but like couldn't. I guarantee, you, like ten years after that, we'd be like, oh man, was, can you imagine was, those five episodes with Phil Hartman? Like he was so good and talented and so funny and willing to basically do whatever. And I, mean, uh, I was in, I mean, I was in high school when both him and Chris Farley passed away, and I mean, I I, I could remember like. I mean, they both, I mean, it's, 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 it's stunk, especially, I mean, Phil Hartman, especially because, you know, that was an unfortunate situation. He didn't really deserve to be, not that Chris Farley did, but Chris Farley, unfortunately, like John Belushi and other legends partied. And unfortunately that's, was what happened. But uh, one last thing before we move on, Dana Carvey tried out for Saturday Night Live. Do you know who he tried out against? Jim Carrey? Uh, close. He's on Full House. Dave Coulier. Do you know? Okay, my my favorite one of these stories is because by the way, the voices and stuff. Yes, go ahead. There's 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 a crazy what if history of all the people that tried out for um, SNL. Oh, I know. But my my favorite was Bobby Moynihan. He essentially beat out Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's crazy. And then think, and then think in the mid '80s for one year, Robert Downey Jr. was a cast member. Yeah, that was an interesting. You know, I mean, you go and you say, "What?" You know, that was that was like the peak of his drug problems. Oh yeah, probably partying hard, partying hard down in SNL. But and him and Mike Myers are just laughing it up, just with like the uh, um, Scrooge McDuck. Um, yeah, diving into their money, diving into their money pit. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is laughing as he doing the new Christopher Nolan movie. There we go, sitting on his MCU billion. <laughs> right, but speak, speaking of comedies, and that's why I think Adam Sandler was is probably the perfect segue into this, and I ruined it, but. Uh, you wanted to talk about how smart dumb comedies can be, or, or are they? Yeah, so like pretty much like, do you think like, take Austin Powers for instance, since we're talking about Mike Myers do you think it, he's stupid in that movie, or do you think he's playing the role, I guess uh, like, it's smart the way he's playing, I mean it's even hard to explain them when I try to explain it out loud, but like, is, is, is that just a stupid movie or do you think it's, it's more than just that? All right, Sam, do you want to take this and you want me to take this? I'll take this. Um, I think it's brilliant on the part of Mike Myers to play something that stupid. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's obviously the study of this craft, you know, obviously the way he's done a lot of his stuff is, you know, they, they basically transform themselves into that mindset and making it such a good performance. It's obviously supposed to be a fun, stupid movie for the audience, but it's also an artist at work, you know, 
doing what they do. You know, obviously they're supposed to make you laugh and be slapstick and stupid, but that's why yes. they're so good at what they do. And, you know, back to the earlier movies that we started, like Dumb and Dumber, Liar, Liar. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing. I mean, yes, to the audience, it seems like it's they're just blatant stupid. But like you said, it doesn't like they just show up. They have to have to like, I don't want to say train themselves, but like Jim it's so much harder to do these stupid comedies than people think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like there's a joke. I'm just thinking of the joke in Austin Powers. Where um, Tom Arnold's in the toilet next door, and Austin Powers is choking the guy in the toilet. It's like, who does number two work for? <laughs> like that joke is so stupid, it's so but stupid. it's so funny. It's so funny twenty years later, yeah. and there, it's it's so hard to be that stupid because um, it's the timing, it's the delivery, it's it's everything about it that has to make that joke work you know somebody writes it for you but you know the actors have to make sure that they deliver it the right way for an audience that's true that's absolutely and there's there's obviously also a lot of smart jokes in austin powers mm -hmm. as well like the whole satire of austin powers uh making fun of like these early james bond movies in and of itself is i think like super smart and super funny like making fun of the tropes like um the scene where uh, I can't remember specifically, but Doctor Evil like is about to kill a guy, but like he shuts the door and like doesn't watch it happen. And Seth Green is like, "I will go to my room, I will get a gun, and I will shoot him." <laughs> it's like that's so funny making fun of those dumb tropes. Well, and, like, you know, <laughs> you know their their version of odd job. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> I was thinking specifically, like when this, when like, cause we did we do some prep on the show. Um, and the movie Zoolander came yeah. to my mind because yeah. that's a that's a movie where I saw it in high school, and that movie is stupid, but it's stupid in the best possible way. I got the and, black uh, lung pop. There's <laughs> there's a joke that like I didn't get till like like I rewatched it five times on Comedy Central, where um, Zoolander is talking to uh, Jerry Stiller. Um, Maury Ballstein yeah. and um, Maury Ballstein goes what happens when we fall off the horse and Zoolander goes I don't know Pop I'm not a gymnast <laughs> <laughs> which I I totally missed the first three times and that joke is so stupid and so smart like that's such a funny good random throwaway joke and even though Zoolander is stupid and it's based off of a character Who's supposed to be stupid? That movie is is so smart. Oh, it is. They're, every bit that they have running on that movie is so smart. And obviously, Ben Stiller is one of the smart comics. The oh comic yeah, actors. He is. Um, I like David Duchovny in that movie with his hand. <laughs> that's my favorite. Like that's my kind of. Humor. Are you kidding me, Derek? I just told you <laughs> that that whole movie where he's completely grotesque and then he's like, "I'm a hand model." Yeah, <laughs> it's got like, perfect hand. It's just like in a box, a hand like. <laughs> Those are the jokes that are, are like, <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's bleeding out. He steps on his hand. He's like, you dick. Yes. yes. You friggin' idiot. <laughs> now, I do think there are dumb movies that are just dumb, but oh, yeah. like still good. Like, um, I think Billy Madison's a perfect example mm -hmm. where that's just a movie where Adam Sandler's just being juvenile and stupid. I don't think you're probably right. You're there's right. like a lot of, um, thought behind it you could you're, um, you're, 
it's a lot less than let's say liar liar or dumb and dumber i'll tell you right. that and, and one of my favorite all-time comedies is Step Brothers, which is i think the same way i think it's just oh, they yeah. just they they a studio paid them to just goof around for they're like will john just do whatever well, that's what it is sometimes that's the magic is that they just could get in a room like talladega nights and they just they just they just could bust up and tell jokes you yeah, know it's, al- it's always fun to watch like behind the scenes movies of those you know like of those kind of movies oh, yeah. they're like you know do you guys have a script i'm like we have a loose outline <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. and we just say you know improv whatever you know here's here's what we're trying to do get to that yeah if like you try to explain the plot of stepbrothers to someone like you're gonna sound like a crazy person (laughs) like because ultimately the plot of that movie like does not matter Mm -hmm. it's just like wolf john c Riley trying to out will ferrell will ferrell and successfully and it's brilliant (laughs) and and i i do i don't know if that movie is like necessarily genius or there's the like Adam McKay and those guys really put much like thought into it. I think they're just trying to be silly, but I don't think it takes away, but I think a lot of the stupid comedies though, that we're talking about, generally speaking, are so much harder than people realize. It's so hard to be as funny as so many of these movies are. And be good, like to actually make the jokes play and it actually be a good movie. It's actually getting tougher as the time goes on, it seems like. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it brings me to like the idea of the movie, the interview that was, you know, so <laughs> one side or the other yes. for, you know, when it first came yes. out. Is, yes. is it funny? Is it terrible? You know, I thought it was terrible. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was, it was supposed to be, you know, terrible, yeah. but I, you know, trying forcing itself to be funny. That's, but, the, I mean, <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing is sometimes jokes, you need to let them just play. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're forced, you know. Yeah. Man, I remember when the interview first came out, and like we thought we were gonna get like nuked by North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like two movie theaters wanting to play that movie. Like, why do they hate America? We're gonna get. And then the movie came. Like, it ended up getting like released. I think it was like one of the first streaming movies because yep. the studios just like screw it, we'll throw it on a streamer. Yep. And uh, and then like I watched it, and I was like. Man, we made so much hullabaloo for this. Yeah. <laughs> like it's fine. It's I got like halfway through it and I was like, I'm done. I can't. I know it wasn't. It <laughs> it's wasn't. So, it's so it's forced. Not, it's not good. It's not good. I do love Randall Park though. Is Kim Jong Un in that movie? Well, Randall Park's a good, hilarious comedian. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's the first time Christmas, I saw him. Christmas Office Party. You ever see Christmas Office Party? Office Christmas Party. Office Christmas Party. That's a pretty funny movie. He did. Um, what was the TV show he did? Um, that was oh, that's funny. Good. That's he's good at fresh, um, off the fresh off the boat. Yeah, he's, he's really good on that. Funny on that. Um, he's another. You know, I think he was on Veep a little bit too with Julia Louise Dreyfus. I mean, he's a good. He's another good up and coming comedian. Um, but again. You know, that's the thing about the movies is that, you know, generally a good one, you have to put the like, like we said, you know, Austin Powers, Jim Carrey, stuff like that. But you want to move on to our final topic here? Let's do it. All right. So we got The Sopranos and we got The the Office. Right off the bat, I know both of you are going to take The Office over The Sopranos, correct? Well... You go first, Sam. I haven't finished The Sopranos, so I don't know how it's going to go for me, but, you know, I've watched The Office, I don't know, 3,987 times or something <laughs> like that. Um, so let's get started first. Are, are you are you happy with The Sopranos so far? I am, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean the Sopranos. I mean it, they're two again. This is two like, two different shows, so it's it's, right. it's 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 tough to even compare them. But um, in, I think in like our modern age, you could probably say unequivocally, this is like the best comedy versus the best drama. Pretty yeah. pretty much. I mean, I mean a lot of people now you'll look online and they're gonna say maybe Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad could beat Sopranos. Breaking um, Bad is so boring. Yeah, and then that's that I've heard. All that right, too. you are never invited back to this podcast. <laughs> you are, you are, you are totally fine. I have never people... seen past season two because I get to the end of season two and I'm like, I don't get it. But that's but that's what that's what you said about Sopranos though. You said yeah, that, was... that's a hundred percent how I feel about the Sopranos. Yeah. You said it Where I got boring. to the end of the season two and I was like, This is boring. I don't get it. <laughs> me, how do me, people like the show? Yeah. Let me put it to you this way. There's a lot you got a lot of uh like I just there's so many things where like I just for that I just go, Oh, okay. You think it's boring, okay. But like I, I find the Sopranos, if you like Goodfellas and you like mm-hmm. Casino, if yep. you don't like Sopranos, then I, I I'm confused. <laughs> but that's that it's different. I James Gandolfini for me nails the role. Yeah. Um, just like Steve Carell nails the office. I mean Steve Carell is he's you know, Rain Wilson had a had a quote from I don't know, I think it was 2018 or 19, and he said, you know, Steve Carell did The Office for eight years and never once won a primetime Emmy for Michael Scott, and that is a criminal act. It is a criminal act. Isn't that, isn't that insane? Like, <laughs> insane. It's just, it's also one of those things where it's not like, because clearly The Office has grown over time, but it's not like at the time when it aired, we're like, is this The Office show good? Is Steve Carell good on this show? I don't know. Like, he was obviously incredible. And I will say it's, to me, like, I know you don't like Better Call Saul, but the actress, the main actress, Rhea Seahorn, Uh is uh, never gotten nominated. So at least Steve Crow getting nominated is a plus. But there are some times, like, we talk about awards on the show, but, like, very obviously awards are so stupid Mm. most of the time. And this just that's just a perfect example of Steve, like, at least they like Tony um, Gandolfini got awards deservedly so, but yeah, Steve Carell, so freaking good. Well, the fifth season of The Sopranos, the season you're on now, it's probably I would say it's my it's probably my favorite season with Buscemi. I don't know what episode you're on, but yeah, I think I'm on the fourth or fifth episode. But just like him on that, Buscemi is is great so for them to be able to get steve buscemi on the sopranos i thought that was really cool yeah he directed like an episode yeah. of season three or something and then he ended up starring you know uh my favorite my favorite character you've already experienced which was um ralphie Joe yeah which seems to be a lot, a lot of people's favorite it, it's more of the, his ridiculous it, uh, because that's what i wanted to say about the office and this is that there are scenes in sopranos where you will laugh too just uh-huh. like the office oh yeah and that's why I think I enjoy The Sopranos too, because it's it, there's a lot of ridiculous in it. Oh, there is. Because <laughs> you know they know it's you know it's a dramatic show, it's a it's a mob show, you know it, that's what you're expecting. And they're like, you know, we need at least something to be a comic relief at some point. You know, the guys bust each other's balls like crazy, but Ralphie comes in and just <laughs> and completely <laughs> takes over the show. And like honestly, I've read a lot of this a lot more recently. Gandolfini really, really, really struggled behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, they had to shut down production at times because he was that out of control with doing things, you know, partying. 
and he didn't didn't ever wanted to play Tony Soprano. He's like supposedly the direct opposite of that character. Yeah. But it was like you said earlier. I mean, for him to get into that character, to get into that role, he had to become somebody else. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, yeah, Rob Rob Eiler who played AJ. Oh yeah. Uh, he's he likes to frequent on a podcast I've watched. You know, your mom's house podcast. Uh, and he's you know he's talked about you know what it was like you know for him basically growing up as James Gandolfini playing his dad he's like you know he's, you know he said the cameras would shut off and he was just a completely different person and he was like an actual father to him yeah yeah I mean that's the thing about these television shows you know um you, uh, Rain Wilson saying that about Steve Carell means that they had a bond on that set that you knew it's like baseball when you're on a team and you could look across at the player next to you, you know who you got next to you. You know, you know that Michael, you know that, you know, that's kind of why both of these shows kind of showcase a lot of good in that, in the cast and stuff. Do you ever, the, man, I forget people's names and I'm looking it up as we talk, but the actresses who played Pam and Angela, and I know the Angela, the actress, Mm -hmm. her name is Angela. Angela Kinsey Um, and uh, Jenna Fisher. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, like, they had they. I don't know if you listen to their podcast. Like, yep. they do deep dives on the office, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's a. If you like the office, it's a really great podcast because yeah, they have so much obviously background information. But the way they lovingly talk about Steve Carell, like he just sounds like the best dude. Oh yeah, and because um, he he had some success before because he was like on the Daily Show and mm-hmm. Dana Carvey show. Um, so he was at least somewhat of a commodity and had done some stuff like no one, basically no one else on the show did it. And like, he just came in, it was like everyone's dad and super like helpful and trying to help out everyone out. And they said that the epi- Steve Carell's last episode, you've seen the office, right, Tony? Yeah. So, yeah. So Steve Carell's last episode where he's in the airport and Pam runs over, like her, she turns off her microphone and runs and talks to him. Um, apparently Steve Carell like actually like told her like because he was really leaving the show obviously so he was like having an honest conversation with her while they were filming the scene uh-huh. so not only was Michael leaving Pam it was Steve Carell leaving Jenna Fisher uh-huh. and Jenna Fisher was saying like he was just giving her like words of wisdom so like now every time I watch that scene like I start to tear up because it's like to, you know it's he's like two actors like who have just spent so many years together just like these are their final moments i'm like oh man that sucks it gets me yeah on their on their podcast i think it was like right after season one ended they none of them knew they were going to have jobs because they hadn't renewed it or anything yet but then Carell got 40 year old virgin and then that was it that pretty much you know rebooted a second season and then they even said even like the first 10 episodes of the second season they were filming they only did the first 10 episodes and then they took like a six month break because they had no idea if they were going to continue. And so, you know, it was basically like a week to week filming for them. But they said once Carell got 40 year old virgin, he spent his entire first season's earnings to get them all to be able to go to the premiere with him. Oh, well, that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's the kind of guy Steve Carell is. And then them telling stories about, like, when, like, they didn't know if they were going to get picked up or have jobs. Like, Steve Carell was still trying to be super positive. Mm -hmm. He was like, guys, let's just enjoy this. If we don't have it, okay, that stinks. But let's enjoy filming this. Let's do the best thing possible. And, like, all the actors just absolutely loved playing off of him. 
Um, I, I love that podcast. It's the Office yeah. Ladies, I believe. Yeah, the Office Ladies podcast. It's so it's such a good podcast. You oh, know, they'll cool. have they'll have set designers on as guests. They'll have you know the directors on as guests. You know, they really get into that stuff. You know, prop you know the prop guys will bring in and talk about stuff they had to do, and yeah, it's it's really really involved and really good. Awesome. All right. Very cool. So I, I assume Tony, you're taking this like if we had to choose The Office or Sopranos, you're taking uh, Sopranos. You know, I mean, it, like I said, you know, after talking out loud, they're two different. They're two different beasts. You know, it's like asking, you know, you want whiskey or you want vodka. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's generally going to be. I, I just have spent more time with The Sopranos, but like like my wife has spent more time with the office and like when I so, met her that was like how we connected so like I get the office too you know it's have you ever rewatched the sopranos i've watched the sopranos about 6 times all the way through i feel like i mean sopranos maybe is like one the of those shows people, where i get people you, rewatch the way, it but the way you hear people going to bed to the office is the way i have gone to bed to the sopranos i could close my so eyes wild right there. To me. <laughs> because like I la- I la- I like all that stuff like I I've watched it so much it's ridiculous like when Christopher falls asleep on the dog oh. it just it just crawled under there for some warmth oh, it's, just like the, so it's, it's just the stupidest stuff that people say on the show but like I love like I'm a mobster guy so like that is pretty much like every every season's like a twelve hour mobster movie and like I, I love it oh it's you know the office is like my favorite show i've ever watched i have memorabilia everywhere i've been to scranton pennsylvania that's awesome yeah i've seen it all so <clears throat> i also have a weird like photographic memory with the show so i'm really good at the trivia with it so they always they used to host trivia at joe's on weed in chicago so well, that that's that's the thing is that i've since that's my main thing, even on, on Twitter, is I pay attention and I noticed a long time ago that you like to talk about The Office. Oh yeah, um, and then I saw that you were starting The Sopranos. Yeah, and my my goal was to like talk to you when you were done with The Sopranos, but I knew you were you're 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 a huge Office fan, which is awesome because yeah, The Office so. is all, The Office. You went to Scranton, Pennsylvania. How was that like? It's it's you know it's a small town it's you know but you get to see some of the things that they talk about you know obviously they didn't film there you know they filmed a lot no, a lot of it in LA still. but you know they still have like you know all this stuff all over the town about it you know and you know people are still watching it to this day I mean it ended nine years ago and people are still you know obviously just starting it for the first time getting into it That's true. Um, but yeah That's but cool. it, at Joe's on Weed you know they host these trivia events and this would be the biggest one every year so you'd have to like get a re- reservation so. You know, I would book a team of like four with my fiance and her brother and his wife, and we'd go and you'd show up. There's 116 teams or something crazy like oh, that. Wow. You know, the whole place is wall to wall packed with people. Wow. You know, these there's teams of eight people, nine people, and I'd finish in second place by myself. <laughs> wow, that is that's awesome. Right, well, what is before we go? What is your favorite episode of The Office? Diversity Day, hands down, best best episode of any TV ever. You said okay, University Day. Okay. Diversity Day, the second Diversity. episode of the entire series, best episode of any television show ever. All right, I'm I mean, I, I just assume most people would say Dinner Party because no, that seems to be the consensus. But no, I'm it's a great episode. But Diversity Day shows. is ahead of its time, and it's so well written. I even have the script autographed 
upstairs. <laughs> wow, really? That's yeah. awesome. Who's it, it autographed by? Amazing. Um, all the writers of the episode, I believe, and then some of the cast members. That's awesome. Wow. It's, it's the best episode of any show I've ever watched, and I will yeah. always last every time I watch it. So you said the second episode of the whole show, right? Yep. So right. Season one, episode two. All it's right. the one where uh, he, he passes around Chris Rock jokes. Yeah, he was he was doing a Chris Rock bit, and it got <laughs> reported to HR. So it's okay, from there, yeah. so okay, great. Okay. I got it, it does that episode does have one of the best. That's what she said. Yep. <laughs> my yep. my personal favorite is um, injury. The injury. <laughs> that's a good one too. It's the one where he George Foreman's his foot. I mean, that's the thing is that it's, it's, it, there's a lot, uh, they, you know, they had a lot, I mean, a lot of good episodes. Would and you it, say, yeah. did you like the episodes after he left? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it took, you know, it took a downturn of stuff, but I really thought James Bader's character was fantastic in the yeah. eighth season. Yeah. I loved Robert California. Yeah. Robert uh, California was, was cool. He was funny. Uh, and then, you know, season nine was, you know, you, you knew they were ending it and you were trying to see where they were going with it and stuff. There's a, you know, I think Work Bus is one of the better episodes in the late last two seasons, which is the final season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good episode. Um, you know, it's, they were trying, you know, Rain Wilson really carried it the last two years. Okay. So. The one thing that always upset me with the last season is I would have loved to have Steve Carell been more part of the finale. Yeah. And I, I like from his schedule, he was probably filming 10 different movies at once. Yep. So like, at least he was in it for a little bit, but you also know, like the character, Michael Scott, a hundred percent would have come back. Oh yeah. He wanted to, the... <laughs> he, he wanted to come back and they just never renewed his contract. Did he? I thought he was like, he because he had become like a legit movie star, right? But he he wanted to do two more years, but they just didn't do it because they thought the show was going to end. Well, at least we got the incredible Burt Wonderstone out of the. <laughs> <laughs> I like Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher is awesome. Yeah, what's I think he was filming Foxcatcher when he made his cameo in the last episode of The Office. He he should have made his cameo in his Foxcatcher. <laughs> yes. Everybody's like, man, he's really different. Wow, he's got a beard and scary. Uh, Michael, what's up with your nose? <laughs> Why are you talking like that? All right. All right. Uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. We really thank appreciate you so much, it. Sam. Of course, um, guys. You are, my understanding, you're raising money for a charity right now. Is that correct? Yeah, American Cancer Society. We actually broke past our goal today. We're actually, two, I think, $250 over now. Wow. How, how can people donate and tell us a little bit more about the charity? Um, so we uh, we have our you know our website called the All Sports Scene that we refer to as ASS. Um, oh, <laughs> I never thought of that. Uh, which was the the brainchild of Celeste and myself. Nice. Uh, Celeste Spaghetti. For those of you who don't know who she is, uh, you should know who she is. Um, so we decided we wanted to 
make a whole sports site based off the weird side of sports. Obviously, with some of the articles that we've put out, people can understand what we're talking about there. Uh, but our like even early on, we wanted to get exposure. So what we decided was to do like a fundraiser and a raffle kind of thing. So, um, you know, I talked to the you know the people on our staff and I said, you know, does anybody have a thing that they're passionate about? And you know, we all said cancer. You know, it's something that we should raise money for. So uh, we chose American Cancer Society. Uh, just with the work that they've done, have continued to do, raising money, donating, you know, getting everything, all the new equipment, and all these hospitals that need it. Um, so we started the fundraiser on Saturday. It'll run until this Saturday. Um, and then tomorrow night, I don't know when this is, you guys are going to release this, but... Uh, tomorrow Wednesday. during the day. So okay. So yeah, by, uh, right before the start of the Sox game tomorrow, we'll uh, have our first raffle for Cub Sox tickets for Saturday. Awesome. Um, Anyone who's donated um, a dollar gets you one entry into the raffle. So if you donate a hundred dollars, you have a hundred entries. So that'll take place tomorrow. And then once the charity fundraiser is over on Saturday, some point next week, we'll be raffling off a Liam Hendricks bobblehead, a Lorenzo Kane gold glove bobblehead from the series Milwaukee last year. Um, Gift cards to Lou Malnati's Panera Outback. There'll be a signed photo of Zach Levine, signed photo of Jose Abreu, and then uh, a Chicago Bears gaming mouse that we'll be raffling off. How can people buy a raffle ticket if they want to buy one? So if you go onto our either our Twitter, uh, their pin tweet there, we'll bring it to the blog, and there's the link. Um, or you can go to – let me look it up real quick – it is raiseyourway.donordrive.com. Uh, you just have to search for the all sports scene fundraiser on there. Um, it'll bring you in there. You can donate via credit card, debit card, however. Um, and like I said, $1 gets you one entry. So, and even if you put five bucks in, you got five entries into our raffle. And the Twitter handle for the, uh, your site is all sports scene. The at the all sports scene. Uh, and what's your personal Twitter handle? Give that out again. At Sam R three three V three S kind of looks like a license plate as Jason Benetti. <laughs> Sam, again, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. We'll have to have you back soon. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. it, guys. It's been a lot All of right. Fun. All right. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. So, All right. Very good. We, we are going to do Tony and I. Uh, we recently we're gonna do a, a little um, a coda. Yeah, a little a little coda here at the end. Sam was great. We love talking to him. But uh, over the, the this past week, we saw a movie called The Outfit. I saw it. I told Tony to see it. Um, you can right now. It's um, free to stream if you have Peacock. Um, it's a movie. It's directed by uh, Graham Moore who's best known for writing the imitation game. And it stars the great Mike, bleh, say his name correctly. It stars the great Mark Rylance yes. and Zoe Deutsch. Um, so it's a, it's a really solid movie to set the scene real quick. It's um, it basically, so Mark Rylance plays this suit tailor in Chicago in the fifties. And he has this little mailbox in his office that uh, gangsters, the Chicago gangsters, can come in and drop stuff off him. And um, so he he has some mob connections, mob ties. 
And the movie takes place solely within his tailor shop, uh, basically over the course of one night as one of the main mobsters kids comes in one night and uh, he's shot. Um, and uh, movie kind of takes off from there. Uh, it's, I would say there's, there's definitely a lot of Hitchcock in there. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's definitely some good twists and some good turns. Yeah. So like, I don't know if this was a play beforehand. It definitely feels like a play, but to me in the best possible way, um, it does take some, a lot of twists and turns throughout the night is, um, you know, essentially, um, the mobs like this, there's just like a mob war going on. There's a, a tape that needs to be found that keeps disappearing. Um, so there's mystery. definitely a lot of yeah. mystery to the story as the story's building. It's almost kind of like to me, it kind of is like a pl- it's kind of like a play almost because the whole movie's pretty much in that one spot. It see like it's in the it's in the shop for the most part. Yeah, there's there's definitely a handful of mysteries and um, those mysteries unwind and expose themselves and eventually get solved throughout the course of the movie. Um, what'd you think of it? I thought it was really good. Um, I definitely enjoyed, I love Mark Rylance. So he did a great job in the movie. Um, the other characters in the. Also, um, I'm a really big fan of the female lead in the movie. Um, uh, she's played by an actress named Zoe Deutsch. I don't know yes. if you've seen. Um, she's been in a handful of other movies. You've probably seen. I think she was in that Cran- Brian Cranston and James Franco movie. Yeah, why, him? why him? That was uh, pretty humorous. But he, she's she's good in the movie. Um, you know, not to give anything away, she's she's awesome. Rylance is awesome. Um, the guy in the movie, Dylan O'Brien. He does a pretty good job. Yeah, he he plays the um, the one of the gangsters who he's, he's he ends up getting shot. But what, what I liked about the movie was that it was it was very like I said it was intimate. It wasn't um, some sprawling gangster epic. It was more personal. Um, you could tell it was something that was probably filmed. You know, I mean, it felt like a COVID movie. It kind, of. Kind, of, kind of um you know it also felt though like it was it was it was different a little bit i have seen a lot of what i've seen in that movie before 100 percent. you know but his per uh performances though his performance i think was was what made the movie really tick i think you know but he, yeah it's it's definitely a solid movie I would recommend. I definitely enjoyed myself, and especially if like you're someone like Tony who's seen every single movie. <laughs> if you're like looking for something to watch on like a Friday night, um, I don't actually, think it... I will give you credit. You kicked me into gear to watch this movie. It's been on my list, but when you're like, "Have you seen it?" and I'm like, "Oh no, I need to watch this," and I actually uh, put it on like like you were talking earlier, like nine in the morning to give it the full focus, and I'm glad I did um, because. I think if I would have put it on later at night, I don't know if I would have put, I might've fell asleep or I might've weighed off. I mean, it's a really good movie. It's, it's just a talker. There's a lot of talking in it and that's okay. Um, So it it definitely is. I will say like, you're right. That definitely feels like there's a lot of tropes and a lot of things that we've seen before. 
I don't think it reinvents the wheel. No. And like, I, it's not like a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. And one of my quibbles with it is that, all due respect to Graham Moore, I feel like I would have liked to see this script in a better or at least a more experienced director's hands. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, it's there. There definitely were some stuff that did give me legitimate attention. Yeah. And I, I do think there are some script problems. Like characters make obviously dumb choices sometimes. Yeah. Where and, and it's like even brought up like I don't get that why that choice was made. So there are some script problems as well. But definitely I would have liked to have seen this in a little bit more experienced director's hands. At the same time, um it definitely was like a really enjoyable. I really like once the movie it takes a little while to actually get into gear. Like once the gangsters, like once the setup is kind of neither here nor there, though necessary for a movie like this. But I think once the gangsters come into the shop and one of the Dylan O'Brien character starts bleeding, yeah, I think the movie then really kicks into a more enjoyable gear. And I will say, don't watch the trailer because I think so. I really liked its trailer. But that trailer is very propulsive and very fun in a way, at least from a propulsion standpoint, that the movie isn't. Yeah, that's sometimes how trailers come across. It's like the, the trailer is very, it's very zippy. Yes, and where this, the movie isn't is very zippy at all. And that's the zippiness is like not a knock on the movie itself. The movie doesn't need to be, but it does take some time getting used to like expecting because I saw the trailers as well. I wanted to see the movie. So, like, it took some time getting my expectations to adjust to what the movie was versus what the movie was sold as. But, um, again, it's, I think the best way to describe it is Hitchcockian. It definitely is, like, a solid mystery that unravels. There's only, like, ten characters total in it. It's definitely carried by Mark Rylance, uh, 100%. Like, if um, this movie, like... I I saw... I saw another movie uh, the same day at night, um, and it was M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, Old. It's on HBO Max, and I enjoyed that movie. That movie was a little bit more exciting to me than this movie. Um, not this movie. It's just like you said. Um, it's it's worth watching. It's good, but you know what I'm saying. Like it, there's probably another movie you would suggest, like. What's the movie that you told me recently you and your wife went to see at the theater? The Lost City. Would you recommend The Lost City over this movie? So, they're different movies, but probably, yeah. But that's just what I'm saying. Not because it's bad. It's just because the other one might be a little bit more fun or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, something is missing in the outfit. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like this is like the point like where I made about Catch Me If You Can where I need I like I want it personally. And obviously a lot of people disagree, but like I want it to be like five percent better. You, that's you, also kind of feel about like this movie where I you want it to open me up to a new train of thought that like you're 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 right. One thing that I've been thinking about is it, it all depends like when you see a movie, how you're seeing it. Like, I understand, like, maybe if you saw Catch Me, if we saw Catch Me If You Can together when it came out, the it might be different than you seeing it with some, you know, like, different experiences with different people. So, like, me and you, if we were actually sitting together watching the outfit, we might not even like it as much as we did watching it separate because it's so 
quiet, we might end up sitting there going, wow, this movie isn't moving. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. It sometimes feels that way. I mean, I feel like we're, I feel like at least I am, I'm like, I'm shitting on it a little bit too much and I don't mean to, because I no. did enjoy it and it definitely is a super solid watch. It is. Um, it is. But, but it definitely has its flaws. It does. You know, but again, you know, that's the thing is that's what we're here for. We're here to tell you about all of them. But yeah, that was a good way to good 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 segue. All right. That is Tony. His Twitter handles at Chalsa01. I am Adam. My Twitter handles at Millennial Socks. We have been the hookup on film. Our Twitter handle is at the hookup18. You can find our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have a topic that you wanna recommend if uh you want to yell at us for our bad viewpoints whatever <laughs> let us know we will not take it personally we always enjoy feedback and thank I, you so much for listening before we go real quick i want to thank you thank you so much you you brought the thunder today you brought the heat you brought the lightning you're the man we rock and roll we'll all see you soon i've been thor you've been gore the god butcher yes. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Thanks, see you guys. next week. Goodbye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. We have a little bonus. Tom Cruise with you. With the Scouse Viking. Please enjoy. Cruise. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Excited for the new Top Gun? No. No. The new Mission Impossible, yes. The new Top Gun, not so much. Not so much. All right. So so you really want to know my opinion on Tom Cruise? Yes, please. I'll I'll give you my opinion on Tom Cruise. That's why. That's why I had you on. I'm excited for this. So, so... (laughs) I don't like Tom Cruise. A lot of people people don't. In the easiest and nicest possible way. I do not like Tom Cruise. There are not a lot of movies that Tom Cruise has been in that I have enjoyed. Okay, that's fair. Mission Impossible, the series, is fantastic. It is great. And Tom Cruise is fantastic in it because really he's just a glorified stuntman. And he's a glorified, insane stuntman, which is really fun to watch. <laughs> he is. He's <laughs> because awesome. for him to go and like base jump off the Taj Mahal or whatever the hell he did in that one movie is just oh, like I mean, only an insane person would do stuff like <laughs> that. You know, like you you have to be you have to be completely insane. Um, and he's just, you know, I don't know. I can't. I remember like do you like minority report that was one of the ones that i enjoyed but most of that was because of colin farrell that's true colin farrell's awesome. <laughs> he's good colin, now colin farrell i love colin farrell great. i could talk i could see i'm pretty much i pretty much have liked almost every movie that colin i farrell even like the fright night remake yeah it was fun yeah i mean it was fun i thought it was a lot of fun didn't like total recall though no no but that was a movie that shouldn't have been touched just like point break that's true they shouldn't they shouldn't have made it that's true you know i bad idea yeah i thought so too i thought that tropic thunder was okay but he was kind of just like 
bit part, oh, really. Yeah. 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 What about collateral? Um, collateral was also very good. Yeah, collateral was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's now, see, now that was that surprised me because I was like I said, I'm not a fan of his at all. And I, when I saw Collateral, I was like, holy crap, like they really went in on this movie and did a really good job. And he sold that, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it was kind of like, it, it, it kind of reminded me at the time and especially like after, did that come before or after Jack Reacher? Oh, it was before. It was before. Okay. So then I saw Jack Reacher and I thought it was going to be something similar to that. And it wasn't, No, I I didn't like it at all, but I think, you know, I think also too, like if you get him a right director, like Michael Mann is just a savage. Oh yeah. He's, he's he's incredible writer. You know, he's, he's even a better writer than he is director in my opinion. It's true. But, um, you know, he still, he still is a great director, but like he doesn't, you know what he he like wrote and directed heat that was like one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time you know what i mean Heat is like one of the greatest movies of all time so you give him the right director and i think he's okay and then just mission impossible because to me it's just like i said it's just it's so fun because it's so nuts it's just it's it's absolutely nuts like i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you the villain or the plot of any one of those Mission Impossible <laughs> movies. But I can't sit here and tell you that I watched them and wasn't like, oh man, that movie wasn't awesome. You know part, what I mean? Like part three has been on Showtime a lot lately. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's uh Paramount Paramount Plus has like the whole series. Oh nice. Yeah. So I, I actually got that because of uh, uh Champions League football for, for soccer. So it's on Paramount Plus. So I bought a Paramount Plus subscription. So then I'm like going through the movies and I'm like, holy shit. There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. The whole Mission Impossible thing on here. But I can't get my girl to watch it with me. She won't watch it. (laughs) She doesn't like Tom Cruise at all. She's like, no, Tom Cruise. So I'm like, okay. What? Minority Report. Yeah. Like I said, there's a couple of movies. I didn't like a lot of his early stuff. Um, I didn't like a lot of his early stuff. I didn't like Top Gun. I'm not a Top Gun guy. You know, it, I know a lot of people love that movie. Um, you ever I, see Cocktail? Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like Cocktail. It like I didn't like. See, here's the thing. This is what I and this is why I think. This is why I think I didn't. I didn't really jump on his whole thing until way later. All those movies, and it might just be because of the time period that they were made, you know, in like Mm -hmm. the 90s and stuff like that. They were all really corny, but they tried to be serious, and I did not buy him as serious. I just bought him as corny. Well, he he, he could come across as corny. You know, so that that was like my whole thing, you know, but I... Like I said, there's a couple there's a couple of movies that he's done that I've liked. Um, you know, Minority Report, like you said, and Collateral, those are two that I really, really like. Most of the other stuff outside of Mission Impossible, I I either don't enjoy or couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> well, <anyway. laughs> so, so so I never I asked you, do you like a superhero, superhero movie? movie? Yeah. What's your, What's favorite, your favorite one? one? Oh God! My favorite superhero movie is probably 
and this is gonna like I get so much shit for this. Um, honest to God, my favorite superhero movie is Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> good movie. That's good movie. And I cannot wait to see the new one. Oh, it's yeah. good, good. Yeah, especially because they kept the same director as Ragnarok. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I, you could get into discussions. Like I've gotten into discussions on Twitter with people about Marvel movies, and I'm like, Thor Ragnarok is the best Marvel movie. And they're like, oh, it's the worst one. It's terrible. I was like, dude, you cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that you watched that movie and whether you thought it was stupid or the plot was stupid or this and that, that was a fun movie. And it was funny and it was amusing. Like, it was just amusing as hell. And anything Kate Blanchett is in, like, she can say oh, it, in my opinion. Great, great. You know what I mean? Like, it could be, like, the biggest trashy that you could possibly find, and you throw her in there, and she's going to save it. Kind of like Tilda Swinton. They they kind of do the same thing. They're both they're both really really good. So Thor Ragnarok is my favorite superhero movie. I really like that movie. Super. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's a good superhero movie. Um, trying to think of what else. What is, what your, is your who is your, who is your most successful, successful Saturday Night, Saturday Night, Night Live? Night Live whole cast like forever yeah yeah um most successful i mean god most successful would have to be in my opinion would be eddie murphy but but it's it's probably adam sandler in reality what about bill murray Bill bill murray bill murray is another one that i'm just not I really know, I know. You know what I know? I'm just not really into it. But yes, he could be considered. I mean, honestly, like Ghostbusters is okay. probably yeah. top 20 for me of all time. It's one of the greatest movies ever. Um, and I don't mean, I really dislike Dan Aykroyd. But, uh, <laughs> but he was also he was also in Training Places, which was also really good. So but that was when they made movies cool. You know, like they don't they don't make they don't make they don't make comedy movies like that anymore. Um, but I would say, honestly, just based off pure success and, like, volume is Adam Sandler. But it, on quality, Eddie Murphy. And then after Eddie Murphy, it would probably have to be Bill Murray in, in, all, in all seriousness. You know? I think, then, I guess, but over, over the course of, like, most successful career, you know, like, biggest like whatever it's it's got to be adam sandler because he's just had so many high you know high grossing movies he's done so many different things you know with punch drunk love and uncut gems and then billy madison and happy gilmore which are (laughs) totally ridiculous but also awesome you know even though now like being 40 something and watching them like i feel laughing at some of those jokes i'm like oh man i'm kind of a scumbag (laughs) you know what i mean like it's kind of Kind of funny, but you well, know, I, well, you, you you are you are. I think you've got a good list. Yeah, I mean, I was a big Eddie Murphy guy. You know, when I was when I was younger, when I was in you know like junior high and high school, um, I must have watched Raw and Delirious like thirty five times. Um, you know, I love Trading Places. The Golden Child was great to me. I had a lot of fun watching that movie. Um, I remember me and my homies went to Park Forest with a couple of 40s to see Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes! Yes! 
And that was like a blast. Like we had so much fun with that. I remember that I remember one in the that theater. One. That was, that was <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, um, and then, but then after, uh, what was that? What was that movie? What was the movie he did with Steve Martin? Bowfinger. 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 After Bowfinger, he kind of like, I don't know, like lost his mind. He did a little bit. Yeah, kind of fell off the fell off the face of the earth for a while there. Um, And then he, you know, then he made he made his comeback and you know made Coming to America too, which was not good. (laughs) We don't have to go there. But he's still, you know, to me, he's one of my favorite. Like Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood is one of my favorite. Oh, that's classic. That's one of the best Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits of all time. So. But uh, thank you so thank much you for so joining, much my man. Of course, dude. I'm always, always down. Next, next Tuesday, if you're free, we'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So are you guys going live right now? Uh, yeah, in like five, uh, yeah, minutes. Like five minutes. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to put you, gonna put you you're going to be like my after, like my after show, show at the end of the episode. Okay. So it's going to be one big package show. Nice. Sounds good. I'm going to have to check it out for sure. And then I've been listening listening a little bit. I'm trying. I'm trying to get through all the episodes. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, you just coming and talking makes up for you not listening. All right. All right. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good show, man. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining me. No problem. See you later. See you later. See you later. All right. Bye bye.